When I was very young, about four or five years old, I was allowed to go with my sister, who is eight years older than me, to the local Piggly Wiggly grocery store in the small town in which we lived at that time. So off we went and collected the groceries on our list and then went to the counter to check out. While that was happening, I had a great idea. I decided that I would take a bag of groceries and go home with them all by myself. Very shortly, my sister discovered that I was not with her any longer. So she began to search for me in the store, but she couldn't find me. So she asked the store workers to help, and they all dropped everything to to join in the search inside and outside the store, but they too could not find me. No one could find me. My sister began to panic, thinking that I'd been kidnapped or that I'd been hit by one of the cars that were traveling on the very fast, uh, fast running highway that we had to cross in order to get back to our home. But that didn't happen, but something did later. Sometime later, I showed up at our house, very proud of myself. My mom was not at all amused. My dad was somewhat amused about it all and cut me a little slack on the punishment to come. But when my sister got home, she was livid for a long time afterwards, a long time. Even to this day, she still gives me grief about it. Literally a few days ago, talking on the phone with her, she gave me grief about that incident again. And of course, we laughed about it like we always do. At least I laugh about it all the time. But let's be clear about obedience. Obedience is important, and especially important when it's about obedience and God. Let's get this right. Disobedience to God is always not good. We disrespect God and hurt ourselves and others when we go astray from the Lord. Obedience to God is always good. When we honor God, we please him, and we receive blessings from God. Really, our greatest joy comes from obedience. Sometimes, though, God calls us to special acts of obedience that ultimately bring great joy. But typically those acts of obedience are are extra challenging for us. Even so, we are uh, to joyfully take up those extra challenges because they come to us from the maker and the master of the universe. And because when we do respond positively to his call, we ultimately express uh, or experience extra joyful obedience such as the case that we learn about in the true Christmas story in the Bible. In the first uh, book of the New Testament, Matthew sets forth a, a genealogy of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, he includes in that genealogy four women of the Old Testament, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. That Matthew uh, grouped those four women together is significant because all four of those women were, as one writer has, has put it, they were questionable, meaning morally questionable. Tamar and, and Rahab were prostitutes. Ruth was a foreigner from a country where the one true God was not worshipped. Bathsheba committed adultery. Why would Matthew single out those women? We don't know for sure, but it seems that Matthew led by the Holy Spirit, included these women in Scripture in order to emphasize that God's choices in dealing with people 
are all of His grace. God is all about grace. He gives grace to us. God's a wonderful God. He he draws people to Himself and gives grace to sinners who honestly repent and who yield their life to Him. And God restores and renews them and brings them to new spiritual maturity so that they they too may glorify God. And He leads others to, to a saving relationship with Him. Additionally, he gives us the incredible privilege of being involved in his many wonderful works. Such has happened with Joseph and with Mary, the mother of Jesus. The little information that we have about the couple points to the fact that they were not wealthy. Neither did they hold any high positions in society. They were not famous and they were not admired, uh, admired among the elites of their day. They were, though, well-known by their relatives, who were much like them in many ways. Most all of them, it seems, are very down-to-earth, godly people who diligently worshipped God and obeyed his commands. They practiced joyful obedience. We don't have time to go into all the details of their lives, but we can focus in on this today. They practiced joyful obedience. There came a time, though, when first Mary, then second Joseph, the man to whom Mary was engaged, experienced something that they never would have expected to happen to them. Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married, which at that time and place meant that they were considered by their families, that would be the fathers and mothers on each side, those families uh, were considered, they were considered by their families to have agreed, uh, agreed to the marriage. And at that point, then the couple at that time were actually called husband and wife, even though they weren't husband and wife yet. Even so, by the custom of the day, they, they did not begin to live together until one year passed. At the end of that one year, if the marriage agreement was fully kept, the husband would then go to the house of the bride and lead her back to home, and they would consummate their marriage physically. But when Mary and Joseph were still in that one-year probationary period, Mary was found to be with child, even though the two of them had never together had sexual intercourse, and Mary herself had been completely faithful to her vow. Scriptures tell us that. There was, there was uh, no getting around it. Mary, though, became pregnant. Pregnant. How would that be? Matthew 1.18 tells us she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That is, God the Holy Spirit intervened to provide a miracle for Mary to bear a special son. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, we, we read that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Isn't that a great greeting? Wouldn't you like to read, have received that? Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And you will conceive 
and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants. His kingdom will never end. Along in the scripture, we see this. How, how will this be, Mary? asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. That's a good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Translating that into the lingo of our modern era, Mary was saying, I understand and I'm all in. Yes, Lord, I am obedient. I'm joyfully obedient. Thank you for letting me serve. That moment, though, was, was Mary being realistic? Did she really know about all of what she was getting into? Most likely she did not. But Mary knew there is joy in obedience, especially when we respond to God's calls to us to obey him. What, though, about Joseph? How did he respond to all that happened? Well, when he learned about Mary's pregnancy, he had to have been emotionally crushed. He was a godly man. He really loved Mary, but how could he marry her now, knowing what was going on? But being such a good man, he decided not to drag Mary to the city gate. He was not fully understanding what was going on. He decided to drag, uh, not to drag Mary to the city gate. He could have, where the judges were gathered there. There she could have been executed by stoning, but instead, Joseph stepped back and opted for a quiet divorce. But then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son. And then he gave him the name Jesus. So the scriptures tell us both Mary and Joseph were obedient to the Lord. But there was, but there's, uh, theirs was not a grudging obedience, but rather a joyful obedience. They were surprised about all that was happening to them, and and certainly they wondered what was going to happen next. But they knew that God was leading them and taking care of them, just the same as we today who know the Lord are able to have that confidence in our life. When we today obey God's call to us, we too receive the same care from him and experience the joy of the Lord. What is it? What is the limit on that? What is, a, what is the limit on that? How many, how many extras do we get? What's the limit? Do we only get so much of it at a time and then we have to go back of, to the back of the line and, and wait for our next lucky chance for help from God? No, it's, it's never like that. It's not a one-off thing when we go to God. It's a daily ongoing experience of life with God. Think about that. Remember that. 
It's not a one-off thing. It's not a day. It is a daily, ongoing experience of life with God. We want to walk that walk with God. Our part is to keep following and obeying the Lord. If we do, the Lord will lead us and guide us and bless us, just as he did when Mary and Joseph and Jesus were in need at the time of the birth of Jesus. They were experiencing a joyful obedience. Joseph and Mary, remember, had traveled to Bethlehem to participate in a census. While they were there, Jesus was born. And they had to stay in a subpar, I guess we would call it, subpar accommodations for a while. They had to bunk alongside of livestock. But on the night of Jesus' birth, God sent angels to shepherds in the field with news that a special baby was born. That would be a Savior, Christ the Lord. And the shepherds went to find the baby in Bethlehem and found him and told him what the angels had said. Then the shepherds spread the words about the Messiah, and those who heard it were amazed. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Before Mary and Joseph left Bethlehem, they obediently went to the temple in Jerusalem to have Jesus circumcised. You see, they were serious about obedience. So they obediently went to the temple in Jerusalem to have Jesus circumcised as the uh, as the, the order should, have, should be, and to present their firstborn child to God. Their offering of purification was required there, but since they were very poor, they could only offer a, a pair of doves or pigeons instead of an offering of a lamb. But an offering of the poor is always uh, perfectly fine for God to, to receive. And so they were, they were joyfully obedient in all of this. In Matthew uh, chapter 2, we read of the arrival of the Magi from the east while Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were still in Bethlehem. The Magi likely were Gentiles who held high positions in a faraway country. Whoever they were, they they had somehow received a, a special revelation about the birth of the king of the Jews. And they came to Jerusalem to worship him. They brought very expensive gifts. That was just what Joseph, Mary, and Jesus needed. They needed some income on which to live. King Herod uh, heard of Joseph, Mary, and especially Jesus, and King Herod was upset about him. Herod, we know, was evil. He was jealous. He was a somewhat paranoid man. He wanted no rival, so he did away with anyone whenever he could. To deal with, with Joseph, Mary, and especially Jesus, Herod asked Jewish scholars to determine where Christ was to be born. The scholars immediately knew the answer from prophecy. It was the town of Bethlehem. And that information went quickly to Herod, who then sought to know the location of the child. Not to worship him, but to have him killed. The wise men then were warned by God not to return uh, and report to Herod, so that they were obedient, and they went back to their home by a different route. Then in Matthew chapter 2, we learn that After the visit of the Magi, Joseph was warned by an angel of the Lord to take Mary and Joseph and flee to Egypt. The warning came in a dream. The reason for it was that Herod was searching for the child, Jesus, in order to have him killed. So under the cover of darkness, Joseph obeyed. You see, this, this part of Scripture talks to us about obedience quite a bit. 
Joseph, and, uh, Joseph immediately followed the Lord's instructions. Herod had put out that action, uh, put into action a plan, to, uh, a plan to kill the children in Bethlehem. But Joseph was instructed by an angel of the Lord the third or uh, fourth times and appeared to him in a dream. He was made aware to, of Herod's death and told to return to the land. Joseph obediently followed the Lord's instructions and was planning to return to, to Israel, perhaps Bethlehem. But he changed course when he was informed about the situation there. So he settled in Galilee in the town of Nazareth. Always Joseph chose obedience. Always. Always that led him to great joy. Not often in our era do we bring together the words joyful and obedience. Those words together sound to many us like a mismatch. And to many people, obedience means uh, being squelched, shackled, oppressed, and stifled. You may have that, that idea in your mind today. That obedience is something that takes, us, uh, takes away from us. But there is an obedience that brings great joy, and that's the joy of being obedient to God. It's not an easy obedience to take up, but it's totally worthwhile because it comes from the maker and master of the universe. And that's a very simple story, and it's going to stay a simple story today, but my challenge today just comes very quickly and easily. And the question that I put out is this. How are we doing with, with obedience? How are we doing with obedience? I'm not trying to look into your obedience. You're probably wondering about mine, but I'm just not going to tell you. But no, it's not easy to take up obedience. On the other hand, it's very easy to take up obedience. And we see this in this sort of strange chapters that we've seen here in Matthew and how that spread across and what we learned from, from uh, Joseph and Mary. It's a quick little story. But always we remember that Joseph chose obedience and always that led him to that great joy. And the same thing can happen to us. It's not an easy obedience to take up, but, it, but it's worthwhile because it does lead us to the maker and the master of the universe. So I'm going to take this short story today and just break it down into having us take some time to, to think about. To think about what this really means to us. We've gone through the story pretty quickly. It's an easy story to pick up. But what can we really learn from this? What can we bring out of this? on this day. How are we doing with obedience? I'm going to end this today with this part at least of the day actually with just bringing you some songs. I'm a masterful singer and so no, I'm really not. But I do have the lyrics of some, uh, some songs. Some of you may well have only heard this the first time. Others of you, maybe not. But it's gonna, I'm going to 
read the words, the lyrics of three songs. A gospel song, a children's song, and a hymn song. And as we take this up, let's take it into us. Open your heart, open your mind to what the Lord is saying. Let's start with the gospel song. Some of you will know this if you like gospel music. That would be the the song, Yes, Lord, Yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Oh, there's another verse. Lord, I give you all the glory for all you've given me. You filled my life until I overflow. I'm yours to use in any way you choose. You are Lord of all, so how can I say no? If I never knew the fullness of living in your will, I would never know how rich my life would be, Lord. My willingness to serve is the least that you deserve for the blessings you have showered over me. And then there's the children's song. The children's song goes like this. Well, I, one time I, I sang this song in a sermon here, and it, and it didn't go over so well. So, so I'm just going to use the, the children's song's lyric. Oh, maybe I will. I'll give it a try. Obedience is... The very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands and doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately and joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to know that you believe. Oh, thank you, thank you. But then there's another one. It's a little bit longer. I'm not going to sing it. I won't even say the title now, but many of you who have been in the hymn book will know it. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, Not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them 
who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. How you doing with obedience? I just put out there one more time. You know, we have uh, folks here who can help you know how to get into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have people here who really know how to pray, not just for themselves, but for many others. We have people after this church who will pray with some of you if you want it. And other people who are able to to express all about Jesus and all about the Holy Spirit and all about God the Father and all about obedience. If not now, if not today, then when? Then when will you do it? When they'll, will then you be obedient to the Lord and enjoy being in obedience to him because it's a great, great joy.